Hey, this is PJ Souls, and you are totally listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Woo! Keep listening. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that loves a good joke especially ones for the children my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode we're kicking off october with a month-long celebration of all things halloween Mm -hmm. and we're starting things off with a commentary track for the 1982 classic Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. But before we get into that, let me remind you we are part of the Boom Howdy podcast network. Boom Howdy. You can find all of our episodes at boomhowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your mask hole. And also, you can take a ride along with us on the social media. If you're on Twitter, you can follow along at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And staying in tune here, we are indeed in the month of October. Mm -hmm. This episode is going to be released on October 5th. So this is, as we have mentioned many times, the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's so exciting. Now, honestly, to give you a peel back behind the curtain, we're recording way in advance, I should say. Right. This is the banked episode, but at the same time, there's so much good stuff coming up that... We have to because we're just going to be everywhere that there needs to be in Halloween. Well, and also there happens to be a release coming out, a new release of a little indie film done by Blumhouse because yeah. they are known for those independent films. There's a, a little indie darling. Yeah. And it's one I will freely admit here on the podcast that I am going in with very low expectations. Mm-hmm. I've said it many times, but I don't think we need any more of the entries from the 80s franchises. I will agree with the Halloween, but especially with because I'm not the biggest fan of certain films in the franchise. But we'll see. And we'll again, see. I am not it, disparaging them. I right? just so I'm going in with low expectations. Hope maybe it'll be not the one we wanted, but the one we deserved. So. And again, yeah, that's not saying I, I'm going in wanting to be impressed. Right. But that We're being not, said, not thrilled because the interesting thing here is that this film is basically disregarding any of the films beyond part part one mm-hmm. even the you know part two which is a direct continuation and sequel is being disregarded with this film yep so the entirety of this one not the entirety because we are going to do a proper halloween release and a right. review right but we're going to be oh, devoted, we're seeing that movie but we're definitely devoting a few of our episodes to a few of the films that it is you know basically disregarding here in the overall continuity mm-hmm and in the art, you know, in this film that we're going to go into, we were even talking off mic. We we're getting really excited about it, but we got to get into it. But if you, again, we are in the month of October. So that means if you are here in the Kansas City area or dare I say Midwest, mm-hmm. we have been prepping this stuff for months. Yes. There's a reason we've been talking about it. This episode is being released on October 5th. So the very next evening, Genius, what's going on? On October 6th at the Twin Drive-In in Independence, Missouri, we have, uh, speaking of uh, good old Tom Atkins, we have a double feature of Killer Clowns from Outer Space and Night of the Creeps. Um, it's $10 a carload. All the pre-sale tickets have been sold out, so it's now going to be at the door. Um, get there early. Tomorrow, if you're planning on uh, coming, it's going to be fun. There's going to be vendors, movies. It's going to be 
a blast. Kicking off October wonderfully, and mm-hmm. then the very next week, we are going to be road tripping up to, and I'm going to pronounce it correctly now. <laughs> yes, please, please inform me. Atumwa. Atumwa. Atumwa, Iowa. Atumwa, Iowa. I thought the Atumwa sounded a little bit more spooky. We're used to Ottawa here in the Kansas. But Atumwa, Iowa, at the Halloween Palooza Film Festival, we are indeed going to be podcasting live on October 13th. Yes, we're going to be playing the Game of Games, round two. Again, refer back to our uh, last live Panic Fest episode where we did the Nightmare Junk at Home game version, dare I say. But also... Don't no, don't come for us. Come mm-hmm. for the films because of the short films being short being shown there. Yes, forty two counts mm-hmm. by by the GGP herself, Jill, uh, Jill Six, and also Hooker Assassin. Yes, Misty Dawn. The, Misty Dawn is going to be with us. It's going to be so exciting. I'm so excited to see both those films. Like I said, don't necessarily show up for. Please come by and you know mm-hmm. say hi to us. I get play for fantastic come, prizes. Come for the films. Save the freaks. But definitely say, and of course, Halloween alumni and royalty, uh, Nancy Kyes from the original Halloween, mm-hmm. and Kathleen Kinmont from Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Yep. Save your energy, though, because then the very next week, oh, I believe this this is being released on October 5th, so... Two more weeks till Nerdoween, 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 two more weeks till Nerdoween, sleazy sci-fi. Oh, it's almost time, kids. Make sure you get your tickets and bring a raincoat just in case, because it's going to get ooey and slimy. And Nerdoween at Tapcade. Our fourth Nerdoween Horror Marathon. Uh, go to screenland.com. Tickets are available now. Three mystery films with the with the, with the, all the theme of sci-fi sleaze. It, it is definitely going to get progressively gnarlier as the evening goes. So you want to make sure that you come for the whole entire ride because it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be it's it's escalating space, truly, man. Yeah. <laughs> truly. <laughs> we'll save your energy because then the very next night on October 20th at the Alamo Draft House, four more movies to tantalize and titillate with Dismember the Alamo. It's going to be fucking dope. There's going to be some 35 millimeter representations, van- yes, uh, vintage trailers. It's going to be a blast. I am so excited for that weekend. It's gonna be it's gonna be rough on the watching all seven movies, but I think we can do it. So. Well, the good thing is we definitely have a nice representation of various genres, decades, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, have a good time with that. Uh, but again, so many more things going on in the month of October. Go to screenland.com to sh- check out Shocktober. Um, also, Alamo Draft House as well. And again, if you aren't in the Kansas City or Midwest area, you're like, man, this sounds like a lot of fun. I wish I could do that. Come on down, especially for the weekend, because especially for that weekend, because you're going to see seven fucking crazy ass movies. I mean, so make sure to get your tickets beforehand if you do. But also what really for the most part, you know, reach out to your local theaters, see what you can do to put together some of these repertory screenings, uh, mm-hmm. because just the communal experience with people when you do these, it's unheard of. It's wonderful. It's such a good time. So many good things happening in October. And again, Absolutely. for the entirety of this month, we are celebrating all things Halloween and we're kicking everything off with a commentary track with a film that we've never really had a chance to really review or sink our teeth into right which which is odd because we both really love this movie and like, we love we the both, franchise yeah and we both have interesting histories with this movie and it's always it's very weird so when you're when you're like hey let's do halloween three season of the witch i'm like Holy fuck, we've never talked about that. Because Proper. I originally thought we should do Halloween 4 as a commentary track, but then you're like, no, we should do Halloween 3. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, you're completely yeah. right. Because why not focus on a film that if they're ignoring continuity in the franchise, why not? which really 
and we'll get into it in the commentary mm -hmm. track proper here. Now, we are watching an old school DVD version. Yes. Because as it turns out... Which is weird as shit. Okay, so we're always talking about much love to the boutique Blu-rays and stuff, and we still stand by that credo because fucking they look amazing. But if you're going to take the time to put all the bells and whistles and interviews and commentaries and all that shit, at least take the... 10 extra minutes to put in a uh comment uh, uh, Subtitle. subtitles subtitles so we had to go i we had to go old school ain't nothing wrong with going old school ain't nothing wrong we're a big fan of dead media and whatnot but like come on now you it know was, it was really funny i was going through and they have they have subtitles for every other fr entry in the franchise except for part three right right so we are looking at the old dvd version here but again follow along if whether you're on beta vhs digital download <laughs> laser disc fucking novelization but if you are downloading please do it legally as we say uh, the pirates will walk the plank that's indeed yar so every, we've got everything lined up right before the title screen. Mm -hmm. So go through the original ones. This is going to be at the very start of the film. Uh, we do a lethal weapon style countdown. Where it's going to go, we're going to go three, two, one, and then we're going to hit play. All right. All right. So are you, uh, at this point, I dare say, are you ready? Um, we've <laughs> It's almost time, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so let's line everything up. Get ready to press play in three, two, two one, play. play. Well, welcome back to indeed another fan commentary track here on Nightmare Junkhead, mm -hmm. and and we have no affiliation with anybody at Universal, um, anybody at the Silver Shamrock Novelty Corporation, anybody at the office of Doctor. We have no. We definitely want to keep our ways from right? Doctor Dan's office. We have no affiliation with the Akads, you know. <laughs> well, as a reminder, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And you know the one thing that's a bummer is, unfortunately, and we're going to get it out of the way here. Number one, we get this wonderful. This is. Cool. The title screen in this movie really shows you the direction they're taking. Mm -hmm. Number one in the score, mm -hmm. and that's what I definitely want to talk about initially because we don't get to listen to that. We turn the volume down right. and the subtitles on as our little grievance beforehand mm -hmm. to make sure it doesn't get off key. But we don't get to necessarily listen to this score. And this one is probably my favorite behind the original. Yeah? Yeah, just because this film has such a digitized feel. Exactly. With the opening song, um, the music, and the opening shot of how digitalized, you know that it's going in this crazy direction. And, like, Carpenter's all about the anti-technology. He is... Like then he goes, this is this is gonna be a digital Halloween movie, you know, and so like it's crazy good. And if you think about how the original Halloween's opened as well, with the reveal of the Jack O' Lantern and then in the Skull in Part Two, mm -hmm. what we get here is a nice little odd to that, but again showing we are going in a different direction. Yes. And this is a film that I let's just put it this way: at one time, I think you could say this film was divisive. At uh, yeah. But in 2018, I think we can all agree in the horror community, we all definitely agree. This is a wonderfully weird film that deserves praise. I will I will agree with that, but I don't think it's I still think there's a large contingency of people who don't like this movie. Uh, I think Shout out to Dean Cundy really quickly. Well, well we're going to talk about Dean Cundy cuz there's one of my favorite shots of all horror cinema in this. But 
I because I mean, I, those are even talking about a couple of people like, oh, man, I don't know about part three doesn't have Michael Myers, you know, and I'm like, you really still hear that from I, people you still he- I still hear that from people. And I tell them all the time, look beyond that. Don't think of it as Halloween three season of the witch. Think of it as season of the witch and you will enjoy yourself immensely. Well, I guess that's the best place to start then, because if you went in to Halloween three, that is a fucking rad shot. It's a wonderful shot. And this is really uh, such a great way to start the film but again a way to separate yourself unless you're, you're epileptic yeah spoiler or spoiler warnings you if you're epileptic don't watch this movie please uh we should actually have some nightmare junkhead wallets made so that way if you go into a seizure you can put it in your mouth and you're saved there's a lot of flashing lights in this film well i guess let's talk about how this was originally received as you know if you look into the history behind this film the only reason that John Carpenter agreed to do a sequel to the original, because for his mind, there was nothing else to say in the original Halloween, the movie. It was a one and done, and he wanted it to be one and done, which is, I think it's a very interesting concept that he went in making it, wanting to make anthology movies, you know? Well, that was the original intent here, was they signed on to do a sequel to the original Halloween but then to do a third that could then venture off into, as you said, the original intent was to spin this off as a Halloween anthology mm-hmm. where each successive film focused on an element of Halloween. Right, which is a very dope idea. And I still think they should do it. But I, I can't disagree. In fact, now this is, I think, the original, we were talking about this also, is the the fact that they had to name it Halloween 3 because of you know the fact that the studio wanted to. Yeah was probably the biggest draw initially, but then also probably the biggest de- death detriment. Yeah, because if you name something Halloween 3, and this is before the internet where, like, for example, if uh, Guillermo del Toro wanted to do something like this, people on the internet are like, oh, this is just part of the anthology. Like, okay, it's the next chapter in the MCU or the next thing in the Cloverfield, right? They didn't have that shit back then. So when you marketed Halloween 3... And the lack of information, nobody knows what the fuck they're going on, and they're thinking they're going to see another Michael Myers slash Aru, and they see this complex, nuanced, dreadful movie, which, spoilers, if you're seeing this blind, we're going to spoil the shit out of it, that's a fucking downer ending, they don't know what to expect, and they're pissed because they're like oh that's bullshit well it's both the perfect halloween film and the perfect anti-halloween right in the same breath because as you said and if you watch halloween 2 michael myers the shape definitively dies for Mm -hmm. the most part i mean carpenter went with the aim of killing him he and loomis both in the explosion being shot in the eyes like you don't walk away from that so to speak and so the idea then creatins Robo These are such. Well, here we get our introduction of these. Uh, I guess do we, do we call them the Robo Cretans? Yeah, let's call them. Let's call them the Robo Cretans. That works like, for me. Once again, spoilers. They're, they're fucking such a weird movie, dude. With Robo Cretans right well, off the bat. So you go from Halloween two to Halloween three, and this is such a weird movie. Yeah. I can't imagine if you really enjoyed the slasher elements of ho- the first two Halloweens. You're waiting. For Hall- you're waiting for Michael Myers to show up, are you not? Yeah. Isn't that what pretty much everyone was anticipating? The Halloween. biggest argument that you find that people still today is it still it has no Michael Myers. Exactly, exactly. That's and why I, people are dismissing it, but fucking don't. It's well, great. And I wonder how many of them the reverse engineer backwards into Halloween three. Like how many of them actually went to you know the theater in eighty two and were looking for Michael Myers mm-hmm. versus those that actually saw it like that. 
You know, again, I, it's just such a weird thing because that was even before in 82, sequels were really just starting to becoming a bigger thing. Well, in fairness, when I watched this movie for the very first time, I go, man, fuck this movie. Where's Michael Myers, you know? Oh, no, I, I fell in the same camp. I did the same thing. And so it wasn't until I was older that I realized this is a goddamn good movie. And I think, like, we talked about it on the show before. This is a great example of, like, adult horror where it's you have to really be an adult to appreciate all what's going on because it's not all like slasher in your face it takes its time mm-hmm. but i'll say this and uh, fucking uh, stonehenge <laughs> the fact that this is just such what seems to be a throwaway thing but it ultimately sets up what the fucking the whole movie's about and comes back in the end quite literally right you know i would love to see maybe um spinal tap write a song a la stonehenge but like in the theme of halloween 3 <laughs> put that in their comeback tour uh so uh, another fact here is this gas station is also the same one that shows up in the fog oh of course. Of course, of course. Now, Halloween, <laughs> more days till Halloween. I am not Shamrock. condoning any kind of a drinking game, but if you wanted to and you wanted to follow along at home, you can elect to take a drink anytime any of the following happens in Halloween 3. Anytime that the following song comes up, <laughs> so the Silver Shamrock. <laughs> yep, the Silver Shamrock jingle. Now, he hasn't been introduced yet, but we might as well, but... Anytime Dr. Dan drinks. <laughs> a lot. Or anytime Dr. Dan talks about drinking, <laughs> you may take a drink. We call this we call this drinking game the Tom Atkins diet. <laughs> we we do not dare you to follow along at home at all. Like I said, I would take a sip if you did anything along those lines. Yeah, drink Dr. Pepper. <laughs> but don't take the same kind of daring that Dr. Dan would. Let's just say that. <laughs> Bunch of bitches. He said this is not going back a handle. <laughs> it's incredible. It's absolutely outrageous. And but, that's the other thing, though. But let's go back to originally the, the audience's anticipation from part two to three. Mm-hmm. Again, you really didn't have that many sequels. So by the third one... What were they anticipating? Again, but you know, Michael Myers was proven to be dead. But we are in the same age, though, where even though they're dead, they're kind of expected to come back. But here's the thing: even in the trailers, even if you look up at the trailers, it has it shows nothing, nothing of Michael Myers about nothing. It just shows random images, very cool scenes, and then it just leaves everything else to like take a guess, you know. And you're like, holy shit. So I think I go back to another argument I said on a previous episode. Horror fans don't a lot of times don't like to be fooled. You know what I'm saying? We like good twist endings, but we don't like bait and switches. And I think <laughs> I think sorry, to, no, no, ladies no, and gentlemen, our hero. Our, <laughs> <laughs> this is, I think, number one when we talk about adult horror. Here is your protagonist, ladies and gentlemen. This is your cipher through which all things good are supposed to come through in this film. He's a man's man. And at this point, you realize he's kind of an absentee bad dad. (laughs) And ultimately, the best part here is when you realize his backstory and these little, let's let's face it. They're really let down. These kind of these are the masks that you get at the bar that happen to be right. selling there. These are the masks at with, the liquor store. Exactly. Like oh shit. Like the right next to the tube of roses and like. And unfortunately, no. Mom got beat him to the punch. <laughs> yeah. Gave him the good ones there. 
And here in the background again, we have another instance. But a uh, shout out and a con- continuity here with uh, Carpenter alumni Nancy Kyes mm-hmm. here as f- coming from Halloween. She's in bits and pieces of Halloween too. Okay, that silver shamrock theme is a fucking earworm, but it's brilliant and and also you know you're with good people if you can say halloween and then if someone says silver shamrock you know it's a true litmus song it is it's the best call and response you can throw out there now here's we get the right there or in dare i say (laughs) this is a film that could be only exist and released in 82 with (laughs) probably the most lapsed hr department in the history of cinema because dr dan dare i say has been dirty with every character in this hospital (laughs) yes he has he's dirty drunk dr dan that dr diddlin dan (laughs) and again in 82 and listen listen we love tom atkins on the podcast go back to our night of the creeps commentary track i love tom atkins love him in this role but it's so weird and again and only in 82 could you get an old school barrel chested type right to be your leading man mm-hmm. in this day and age you would almost expect someone like a burt reynolds-esque character <laughs> versus the tom atkins right. but i love that tom atkins had that chance and that opportunity in, in the background again again and it's it's funny how it's setting up all this ill shit nobody can see it well especially your first time viewing this film you mentioned before this is a weird film this is such a tonally different film as from a slasher flick and see that shot right there with the, the robo cretin walking in that oh, somebody could be like oh that's michael myers yup 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 right but no it's robo cretin and so far the robo cretins have the one of them got dispatched horribly with the two cars and that was a really like i'm like ooh, that was a squirm inducing shot there's some good fucking Whoa, right there. There's your first instance. Also, throw in a drink every time Dr. Dan does something that should definitely get him fired. You're going to be Do- drunk by 15 minutes into this film. Acting like Dr. Dan, all drunk and like, hey, come here. Always looking for a place. Yeah, he's like, oh, let's see, you got specimens, hooch, fucking old Purple Chinese stuff. Food, right? There was no Sunny D in there, and if it was, I guarantee you it had you a little vodka mixed it. in it. Yes, it did. Dr. Dan likes his drink. <laughs> we get some great ominous shots and i yeah. will say this there's some great shots in this film that even though you don't get michael myers <laughs> they make up for it and i didn't, shouldn't even say make for up for it but they definitely press the horror element of this film with mm-hmm. the kills yeah in this movie the first being and of course he's going to take a nap this man knows where <laughs> I'm every on, like, i'm on here ain't i you know <laughs> it's not five o'clock somewhere it's you know right. nap o'clock somewhere <laughs> I, honestly, I like Dr. Dan's work ethic. But I do I do <laughs> appreciate the fact that we do get some more hospital horror yes. in this movie. Which is always scary to me because fucking hospitals are creepy and scary. And, and I don't when, know if Tommy Lee Wallace was going for a jallo effect there with the black gloves. Right, but it works. It's because when everybody puts on black gloves in the middle of a hospital, that's some ominous shit. They're not doing it to be sterile. They're no. doing it for to sterilize for another reason. Right. And this, as you say, this would be the Michael Myers-esque shots. Mm-hmm. This would be that point of view shot that we get. The yeah. escalating scares here. But now, yet we get like fucking Dan Quayle. We get like Robo Cretans. The most, it's definitely, it, it's going to take you for a turn when that turn happens. But 
the kills in this film yes are gnarly and this has to do with the sound design and what happens here this is just this such a build-up it's it's the combination of multiple things there with the movement and then the sound design yeah oh that there it is that's a one-two punch right there to break your nose from the inside out that's fucked up it's then he gets that little little death death twitch ah so right away you know this is going to be a mean film Uh uh-huh you know how many minutes in are we and that's going to be our first really main kill there yeah we're about 14 minutes in that's our first big kill and he's wiping the blood on the What's even crazier, obviously, is what happens here next. But no, this is it's setting thing up, setting everything up at this point, because as you mentioned, at one point will Michael Myers come into play? Right. Think about the audience anticipation of that, and that's why I'm trying to be more empathetic here, trying to put myself in their scenario. But I'm glad that they found an audience later. Oh, I'm glad. I'm, oh. I'm glad that we grew up. And the movie was still there for us to rediscover, you know? This is one of those weird, like, rediscovering movies. Well, that's the best part. And let's go ahead and delve into that as Dr. Dan was unfortunately, who brought me out of this nap mm-hmm. here? Someone better be dead. Right. <laughs> oh, Dr. Dan. But this ob- this one didn't, and honestly, it didn't find an audience initially on VHS because that's the first time I saw this was mm-hmm. on VHS. Me too. And I'll be honest also, the the, the cover of it, that classic shot, that one we're talking about, and thanks to Dean Cundy, but that's that cover also scared me to death when you had the ooh. The fact that Robo Cretan just doused himself in gas and uh, just blew himself up, that's a that, that's like, what the fuck? Nonchalantly. Right? It tells you, again, we're going a different direction from what this is not your uh, your father's Halloween, Halloween film, kids. right? <laughs> But this didn't even find an audience initially on VHS. The audience initially on VHS dismissed it as well. Mm-hmm. So much so that, again, go back to the next Halloween film. It's in the title. The Return of Michael Myers. Because, unfortunately, even the people that did. There's, so there's an, this guy here in the, the fireman's hat. Thanks to our friends at the We Hate Movies podcast. Look at him. He is totally reacting to Tom Atkins, who he's not supposed to be reacting to. And doesn't really know what to do with himself. <laughs> it's great. It's they, great. The director's like, send the cop in there and talk to him. Get out of there. Get make, there. Get out make there. sure and check out the We Hate Movies podcast. They are a fun, they're on my, my Tuesday rotation there. Um, but this film initially, because people dismissed it so much, it wasn't until DVD days well, like that I, people came around to the film. Like I said, you have to grow up into this. This is a movie that like you have to have seen a lot of you have to be a seasoned vet of horror and then reapproach this and then really that's when you really get into it because it's definitely a genre mismatch it's taken certain elements of horror you could call this like a sci-fi horror film if you wanted to because you got the robo cretins and it's you can even go into mythical horror because it's got magic and wizards and shit this would pair nicely with something as broad as like the wicker man to something like lawnmower man yeah you know, you could. This would easily find its way, but it's, it's just so f- one of those outliner horror films. And again, and it distances itself so far from a slasher film that I know why it audiences initially didn't dig it, and that's why, unfortunately, it was not allowed to go into that anthology series to see what it could do with its following mm-hmm. Halloween movie. And it's even got a countdown 
as the movie progresses, like, oh, well, maybe Yilsha's going to have it on Halloween. Maybe that's what Michael Myers going to pop. But, like, it's, 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 it's good. It's one of the most inconsequential countdowns, actually. As it turns out, it's like just which which day gets me closer to him drinking more right? is but, the main thing. <laughs> and here we are introduced with uh, someone I actually crushed hard on, uh, Stacey Nelkin as Ellie. She definitely was a crush early on for me. But also, let's go ahead and spoil it right now. Right now. Again, uh-huh. if you're watching this for the first time, you're doing it wrong. Go watch it. Come back. Because we're about to spoil something that happens at the very end. At this point, she is still her. Is she not? Uh-huh. Okay. We have to then agree, after she was taken, she was turned into... The robo A robo Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of people that still have an issue with that. That, that think that she's Robo from, from the get? From the get. Or they also have an issue with that kind of a turn, but it's established early on that these Robo Cretans exist and how they function. Right, but and also I don't, because Dr. Dan... And dare I say, the only conflict he's thinking about right now is... Is t- where he can get another beer. Or, oh, I think her daddy just died. Well, now... <laughs> he's probably like... Well, you know, hey. Was this his failed, also, dare I say, his ban- his smoking in the bandit, like, um, his audition outfit? Tom just, bringing a red shirt and just something. You got a mustache. Yeah, I just think this is not even that. I think just, like, if you were barrel-chested and had a mustache, you were given denim jeans and a red shirt. And uh, cowboy boots. It, it was just, like, in here. And then it's the choice of what coat. That what defines you. And he chose Dr. Coat. As he does now. Oh, I love Teddy the coroner. And again, Wednesday the 27th at this point. Now, the only probably coroner trope we don't get in this one is her eating a sandwich. A sandwich. But they're out talking about getting dinner. He, it, again, this is your hero, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> in 1982. This is the guy we want you to identify with. He's a bad dad. Yeah. He cheaps out on masks. Yeah. He's slapping the butts of all the women employees He's he's probably one night stand at least a few of them. This guy is your hero, but and he's I, a drunk doctor. He's a drunk fucking surgeon. It's but only in eighty two could you have this. Could if you tried to remake this film now, would you cast Doctor Dan with an older barrel chested type? Only if he was like a good father and a good husband and all that stuff and like didn't do anything. You couldn't have like. There it is. There know. it is. Take. Take a drink. Yeah, been working your ass. So there, you still go. making you drink your ass. Ooh. Well, hey, so casual. Hey, so casual. I just again, I just another time, another place. As it is, as it is. But that just at shows least you. consensual. You know, at least because cons- like yeah. <laughs> It could be worse. It could be season of something else. Well, what's really funny is the fact that here we are at Muldoon's. One Muldoon's. Of, which is one of those usual kind of places. Clever gals. <laughs> no, again, go to the We Hate Movies uh, podcast on Halloween 3. There's an entire bit there that is beyond brilliant there. But this is one of those dive bars that you'd see in a film like Barfly. Uh-huh. Just one of those little tucked away places. But you know what? Now. And, okay, here's, so there here, we go. Here is where... The wrench is thrown in this whole thing. So the new Halloween film that's coming out that we're going to review here this month is basically (laughs) ignoring all of the films following part Mm -hmm. one. Fair enough, right? Right. So it is now introduced in Halloween 3 that Halloween the movie is is a a movie movie. in this world. Yes. So does that mean by getting rid of the continuity for Halloween 3, it kind of survives it? 
does this mean that in this film, Dr. Dan could go and see the new Halloween film? Yep, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. If you think about how they're approaching this whole continuity thing, yeah. since this technically has nothing to do with Michael Myers and the Halloween franchise well, and series exist as a movie in mm-hmm, this movie, mm-hmm. did, did like... Theoretically, he could also go see uh, Halloween H2O. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he could. I mean... He could actually then ca- compare and contrast the Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. version of that versus the one in Halloween. Because this is his outside. He's in the outside. See? It's weird, is it not? Yeah. Now, the fact... That the hospital staff was able to direct her to Muldoon's. They just knew you'd be here. Right? This is that's my second office. Office hours are five o'clock to whenever the fuck. Like, He's straight up the Fonz as just being a drink away and an elbow nudge away from having uh, his office in the men's room. And then like that talk about bedside manner. I mean, and that goes into something later on. But like he's just like, I'm sorry for what happened. Fucking drunks. You know, it's like well, also the fact at this point, he's kind of introducing his idea to help her. Yeah. At no point do they really call the police on this, Mm-mm. which leads me to, because this is, he's supposed to be a doctor. Uh-huh. I'm going to put that in quotes, doctor, mm-hmm. because we've seen him. He's an actual doctor. <laughs> we know that he's a doctor. <laughs> but now at this point, he's playing detective, which leads me to a <laughs> thing. <laughs> what if... And I say what if because Tom Atkins would be perfect in something like this. If you brought him back, you could bring him back today, but he played in a series and you combine basically his role in this movie and Night of the Creeps, but you call it Dr. Detective. Yep. And I don't know if you could be on CBS, you know, if it would follow like Blue Blood. But if you have him and he basically, that's what he's doing at this point. He's uh-huh. going from doctor to detective. It's like diagnosis murder, but like diagnosis Dan. He's like a doctor that solves like fucking. <laughs> and you could have incredible like team ups with like Angela Lansbury but where he could uh, come into what was the town that she was living in? Stars Hollow. They're, no, no, that's, the do- the that's doctor way Dan different. mysteries because they all have like they all have like a supernatural twist to it. Like, he teams up with Kolchak, the Night Stalker, in one episode. I would and go like, for that kind of a universe. Fucking, yeah, and like, he can even update it where he can roll around with Sam and Dean from Supernatural. And this know? was his, like, or this could actually be his origin story things, where he goes man. from doctor to detective mm-hmm. into this world. And now here, again. <laughs> Sorry, I can't take care of the kids this weekend. I have to go on adventures with this obviously younger and attractive woman. We're going to go get drunk and we're going to go fucking fight warlocks. It's going to be great. Tell the kids I love them. Tell them make sure they wear that mask I got them. Now, what is the best reveal there of his sixer? That he's got fucking the ends of chief shit. Like, going to go down. He's got to travel and some. Did you read the supplies? Plenty. You would think they were competing in the cannonball run at it's that point. It's just a matter of style. <laughs> but the fact he's not driving. No, that's, that's true. I've heard this term. Are those roadies? Those are roadies. He's just taking one. Like It's going to be a long trip. And you would have to follow that drink with another one because yep. here we get another rendition. But also technically it is also counting down the days as well. It exactly. is basically your... You're in your not your internal clock, but right. the earworm clock that gets stuck in your head. Now, Santa Mira, as it is introduced here. These shots are beautiful. Well, we've talked about it before. This is a great time to talk about the fact that you got a lot of returning people from the original um, workers of Halloween, Halloween 2. And mm-hmm. that included uh, DP Dean Cundy, yeah. who is always, dare I say, the secret weapon to any good genre film. He's just got such a good eye for shots. Incredible. And also... 
you talked about there's a shot in here that is total Halloween. Some of these shots here are total like pre-Halloween. Mm-hmm. Just those nice little spacious. And in this case, you know, dare we say like Northern California-esque. And this is such an interesting like backstory. He's like, well, this immigrant and mostly Irish. and, and But then they didn't like, hire anyone originally from the town. And so then you're like, hmm. And then it doesn't really mean anything until later on. You're like, okay. But this also introduces a lovely little village of the damned. Creepy. Which weird. is another element in subgenre that this film brings into it. And I don't know about you, but I have driven through several small towns. They always creep me the fuck out. They do. And I don't know if it goes to your credence of what we learn and take away from horror films. But any time. Everybody, when it's a small town, everybody knows each other. And then you just see a new town and they look. It's so fucking ominous. Because you don't know if they're aliens, robo-cretans, fucking deranged hillbillies. All and any fucking thing can happen in this small ass town, and especially if they got fucking CC cameras. Nobody, no little small ass town, if there's no ill shit going down, especially in '82, you right? Now that was that's no worries, but, but that was crazy new technology. And I should say at this point as well, the whole idea and everything that was put forward was John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Yeah, and I definitely think Deborah Hill doesn't give enough appreciation and love for what she provided to these films, but she was the one that wanted to add. Add that technology and computer slant to this film. It's a smart okay. move. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Lamar. I mean, <laughs> your your hero, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, let's go get a hotel room. I mean, not like that, but unless you wanna, you know. But I was just hoping that when he opens the car door, all the cans just like be it that or pistachios. Pick your joke. But I've driven through several towns like that it's that have always given scary. me that. But this one in particular, there's actually an area, and I'm going to get very regional here. But in Olathe, Kansas, there's an area. Now, oh, my wife and I. Now, they could have easily probably gone with probably a son and daughter, do you think? Yeah. Because when you're watching this, especially as a young kid, there's do a you pair age them? Difference. Yeah, do you pair them as a romantic couple? Uh-uh. I, I didn't at first. But then, like, God bless 1982, right. where again, another time, another place. But like, it's those creepy old like uh, hotel people are scary too. And of course, you would have your ledger out in the it, that would be on paper because you wouldn't have computers, Mm-mm. at least not here in the motel. All that tech is saved for the plant, which we'll get to later. But no, there's an area in uh, Olathe, Kansas, that it's just a small little like subsection of a neighborhood. But you take this turn under this bridge and I get the weirdest deja vu. And I've only probably been there maybe two or three times. I've probably dreamt about it more times than I've been there. Uh But even when I dream about it, I get this weird deja vu feeling where I swear it's like Dean Cundy photography, but it's completely pulled from Halloween three. And it's just weird how even to this day, I still have that kind of connection to it. So it is, and it's unsettling. It's completely unsettling, which is, again, I don't get out too often, but that's another reason why I don't want to make those kind of connections. don't need to go to that fucking town. Now, here we could have entered Tarantino territory. <laughs> We're fucking it's the Gecko Brothers. But, like, fucking, and then it's just, like, boom. Hey, come on, honey. I love tourist fodder. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like whenever like like tourist yokels come in, like and you know they're gonna get dispatched. It's so awesome, especially when it's like deserved. Well, that's the other thing. There, there's a lot of time in between your kills in this film. Mm-hmm. You know, a traditional slasher, they always you know every like five ten minutes or what have you. Now it's, this little kid though, right here, where is it? Yeah, just flip he flips him a bird. He deserves to become a terrarium, <laughs> but like fucking. No, but anyway, so like the yokels and shit, it's always good to see them. Well, they're also a little cartoonish as well. In fact, I think that's a great segue, the fact that the original director attached to this film, speaking of cartoons, Mm -hmm. was Joe Dante. Which this movie, now that's also Tom Atkins' wife in real life at the time. Keep that in mind with what, the scene that's going to be coming what up. What happens on camera, honey? I don't know. I was just doing my job, just acting. You know? Oh, no. There's a really weird, horrifying contrast that's going to be coming up here. <laughs> now, there's a great line coming up here when she's all gung ho and he's like, hold on, hold on. I could use a drink. Let's take our time. I got to get all fueled up, baby. If he's not drinking, he's talking about drinking. <laughs> There's always time. We don't need to rush through. There's always Miller time. It's always Miller time. And I believe in Night of the Creeps, he does indeed say it's Miller time. Yep. Was this preparation for his role in Night of the Creeps? He's got a brand. Dude, it's the further adventures of Dr. Dan. And here we are. We're basically segueing here where he's like trying to be a gentleman saying, well, I could uh, sleep in the car if you'd like. And this is where, ew, ew, where do you want to sleep, Dr. Chalice? And then here you get Uh, this great bit of delivery. Well, that's a dumb question, Miss Grimbridge. Ew. Ew. I. Again, imagine going in as a teen fan of Halloween 1 and 2. And ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Dan. Getting skeezy. I'm going to call. So I got to call the wife. Be back in a little bit. He's constantly checking in. It's horrible. But you get some great shots. Now, creepy curfews. This has been something that's always unsettled me. Um, yeah, the connection of who the voice is. Uh huh. Do you know who is it's, singing the curfew? It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Which also throws again some more connective tissue of the uh, the Carpenter players. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy the Carpenters? I enjoy the Carpenters. You'll also dig Jeremiah Sands if you like the Carpenters. <laughs> I believe. Go check out the Mandy episode. But here you get great. Oh, look at that beautiful cundy shots yes. like that's the stuff it's you pay gorgeous. cundy for that in a horror film is kind of just a, a throwaway but when you have someone like cundy you can throw this out to cinephiles and go yeah can you appreciate the work that's put into that mm-hmm. the look and he, but it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because this is a slow burn movie but it is a slow burn but it's not because it sets up such interesting things and you it's a well-deserved slow burn because of shots like that and just the whole like bug fuckery of everything. Well, the fact that they are settling up, there's a sense of paranoia in this mm-hmm. town from introducing everyone staring at him. The fact that there's, there's constant a curfew, there's surveillance. cameras everywhere. S- something is going on in the little town of Santa Maria here. We got predator vision that we didn't realize. <laughs> That's about the only thing missing from this film. Right? It's got everything else. It just needs aliens, and then the aliens and wizards and robots and... Predator's looking for a mask for his kid on the way back home. No, the fucking... They're trying to get... Silver Shamrock's capturing a predator to make the mask to bake... To replicate. They need the license for it? It's like, yeah, because like, with alien tech and Stonehenge and this interesting mask, Halloween and be ours! 
Now, at this point in the 1980s, Genius, you've said there's three H's that we should be afraid of. Do you mm-hmm. remember what those are? Hobos, hikers, and hippies. Now, here we have a hobo. Fucking hobo. The only and, thing that make it better. And see, the thing is, like, hey, can you spare some Oh, yeah, spare some mood for a fellow hobo. Shit, I'm... I didn't have my doctor's degree. I'd be right there with you. And did you notice what his little segue as to why he's okay to take a drink is that he doesn't have a disease? Such a weird throwaway line. And again, adds to the weird element because here at this point, we're getting exposition. Mm-hmm. Hobo exposition, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And ultimately, as we find out, you shouldn't be sharing the secrets of this town. Nope. And you're getting little layers peeled away. And it becomes kind of like, almost like a Scooby-Doo-esque mystery, mm-hmm. where I think that ultimately, like, you could have revealed Buck someone flowers. behind- Flowers! Yes, like, if you had revealed <laughs> Colonel Cochran right. was wearing a mask and it was Buck Flower underneath it- Yeah. <laughs> he's the only thing missing from my, this. My trip. robots would have got away with it if one of you fuckers fucking with my Stonehenge, goddammit. Like, he's all pissed off. It would actually add to this film, would not take away from it. I would think add to the B element of it because this is a B film yeah. in its heart because it does a couple things that a good true B film should. And we're going to hold off on one of those things till we get to it. Uh, but the fact that we get random bits of exposition and how it is. Supplied. And that hobo's ready to take down fucking Silver Shamrock because he knows ill shit and they know that he knows it. So he's like, I'm going to fuck him up. And like. I don't last Halloween. I I would like don't know if I would have a even as a drunk like a hobo sidekick. Don't you have to, don't you? Someone to, you know, talk by the fire, share a can of beans with. Not if I'm not a hobo, you know. Oh, just in general. <laughs> right. If I was like, okay, well I'm gonna take down this cover, I'm gonna help you. No, Sticky Joe, you can like hang out over there. Cause he's like hobo proper, you know. <laughs> he's hanging out in the junkyard. But still within earshot though. Of, again, of the Silver Shamrock Corporation. Elect to take a drink as the hobo himself will. Well, this is also the day where you could, and again, I get more days till Halloween. <laughs> these days where you could have a, and it's weird to say the word hobo. We don't say it too often, but where you had those in films. Yeah, and like for example, prof- you had professional hobos. I mean, like Buck Flower had a. Pre- again, he actually reprised that role, role probably most famously in another Dean Cundey film, but Back to the Future. Yep. You find now. Here we get our boy, our Robo Cretans again. Robo, Robo versus Hobo. Which could have been a gone <laughs> a very suggestive way here. <laughs> Wobbly H. The H stands for this, Hobo. Well, you notice who's there on the right uh, by the name of Dick Warlock. Yep. Who was the shape in Halloween Part 2. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <sighs> Nasty, gnarly kills in Halloween 3. How about a little head? I mean, like... Well, they're not. They're Robo Cretans. They don't get to quip. Right. You know, that was like good blood splatter. It's great. No, the kills in this movie are memorable and mean. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that, even though it's a slow burn. Yeah, the kills are, are when, vile. Robo Cretans don't give a fuck. No, they do not. And at this point, you're kind of trying to figure out okay, these again, these technically are surrogates, dare we say, for Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. They're the ones doing all the killing. But we don't know what the fuck they are. I mean, not we know they all set themselves on fire. They're super strong. Are they, I see, at this point, I would think a cult. I would think, based on the the fact that they're all looking the same, mm-hmm. they will die for a cause. They're doing something. There's ties to that. There. I I would think I kind of would think android. I you mean, know who I this mean, is a job for? Doctor Detective. Yeah. Just. <laughs> but I think unfortunately his preparation Doctor. requires a little He's bit of whiskey. Dr- right. Exactly. Like, hey, we found some clues. 
Where is he, fucking Muldoons? Yeah. You know? <laughs> now, an interesting point here, and they, the fact that she's talking about it, Marge Gutman, love it, I love it, love it, love it, the characters in this one, but the fact that she's like, it's kind of shoddy merchandise, like, ooh, it fell off. I wonder how many of those actually happen. Yeah. And the fact that her comeuppance, unfortunately, of what happens here, and keep in mind, keep in mind, this is Tom Atkins' wife at that time with a little contrast that's going to come up here again. See, I... I think it's really cool. And then she brought up to the, how many of those silver shamrock t- tags fell off. That means there's like survivor of the mass Holocaust, you know, just like. Well, yeah, that's the most unfortunate thing. Now, there have been people that have paid homage to this film in many different ways. Um, go to podcast favorite The Guest. Uh-huh. In that film, you actually look. There are uh, decorations in the background of the famous masks. Um, the barn is another one that kind of pays homage to it. The masks are dope looking. They're incredible. They're absolutely incredible. But, oh, geez. Dan, Dr. Dan, like, oh, hey, coming out of the shower. But the fact that there has been just so much love of Halloween for you throughout the years. In fact, Tales of Halloween, mm-hmm. which is another one that plays well Halloween, the very last segment, as done by Neil Marshall, has them in this, like, Silver Shamrock-esque setting. Yep. That and you notice who is in that? Who's the the lab guy in it? <laughs> it's Joe Dante. Which tell me that's just not just a lovely just little letter to the wonderfulness of what Halloween three is and how it has found that audience. That if if they really would have went with Joe Dante, I don't think this would be the class. It wouldn't this be as would, mean. No one. It would be cartoon. It would be insane. Wacky. Yeah, but I think it's, this is just mean enough where instead of Colonel Cochran you would probably get a witch hazel-esque kind of performance of someone <laughs> yeah. like with the, the little like little um, little um, hair things coming right. out of her mask I mean just that's how you could get it with Joe Dante the masks sprout like l- vines his legs and arms and shit and start running around terrorizing people like well, gremlins and because for two years later you would get him in gremlins yep. when he got to again do straight Halloween stuff and there's Dr. Dan Dr. Dan's with the examination what are you doing, honey? Uh, what'd you do for Halloween? Well, <laughs> I got a lot of boring drunk. doctor stuff. Got a lot of you. Did a little anatomy, physiology. Exactly. <laughs> Checked out a few patients. And this is at the time as well where in a horror movie, you would get the gratuitous nudity. I mean, that was expected with a right. lot of horror movies. Again, this is, you know, days before the internet. But this film here with someone that is so obviously of a more her, of a mature man. Her senior. Yes, as opposed to someone as young looking as her that I know for a lot of people when they watch it, this plays kind of humorously uh-huh. and also for some people, ickily, like, like, come ickily. on, come hey. on. Yeah. Hey, some, hey, whoever you want to diddle and they want to diddle you back. And if it's not, if you're not seeing it on a commercial, you're going to hear it in the background. Do, 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 do. Nonstop. And dare I say, I don't know if the people from Lethal Weapon 2. And turns to soft rock. <laughs> <laughs> they made love in the Chevy van. And that's all right with me. <laughs> that's the only, because Lethal Weapon 2, you got that great thing when she's like, oh, it's the seventh inning stretch, blah, blah, blah. Here you have, uh, again. She, he goes, you got to give me time to recharge my batteries. I'm old, shit. I think he needs another sixer here of something for his refractory period, actually. He doesn't need time. And he they, just needs alcohol. And they even mentioned it. Relax. I'm older than I look. It's like 
do they is that like their way of addressing it basically yeah, i think so i think so because you know hey i'm talking about lamore i mean so now keep in mind this is tom atkins then wife right when they're right shooting fucking this. next door like that's insult to injury right there shit and we mentioned this because <laughs> as you mentioned before a lot of the people are introduced in this film only to be dispatched and we are truly going to have a great di- look at that wonderful shag carpet mm-hmm. that they're rocking there in Santa Mira. Man, you could rake that stuff up and probably find more buttons in there exactly. from previous <laughs> testees. But this is the part of the film. It's really interesting that I think that you get more of the sci-fi element. The evil tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That comes into play. Because so far you just had weird like slasher surrogates. We don't know. Well, who are these people? Where the, who, who's that guy? Yeah. Where does he come from? And so, now you see that there's shit in the buttons and this is before like that anti-theft technology. Oh yeah. And this is long before that tech, <laughs> that computer technology, all that Fucking was a home campus. The mouth, man. It's like, no, you're going to, don't, don't ruin don't my worry, vibe. I'm, don't worry about it. Come on. This took me a while to get this let's finish come on and then like ah and top notch <sighs> gore effects here oh that just looks uh it looks oh horrible. that's next level that's something you didn't get in the halloween 2 or first the, or none the of the halloween's no. and then fucking spiders fucking spiders coming out of the mouth and your introduction to these beams these things of tra- destruction creaking continues creepy crawlies that then come from the victims yep this is next level this is crazy shit this is when you see it the first time you have that moment of what what is this this is where this is where the audience you either get them or you lose them you know i was gonna say if the moon this turns is, this 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 is that's the point because they're like well, what the fuck what's gonna happen next or people are like i'm done yeah, exactly. It's like, where's my Michael then, Myers? Then you, there's your Michael Myers right there. That's you truly little, the shape. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> good for good for Tom. That's it. You know what? Hey, he was appropriate. He was appropriate shape because yep. of the Tom Atkins diet. Yep, the Tom Atkins diet works every time. <laughs> oh, uh, nah. man, this movie's great. <laughs> He's having a grand old yeah, time in this is. movie, is he yeah, not? Yeah, he is. He's yeah, going he's, on an adventure. He's living life. Tom Atkins is is just doing it. And then, and sure then he, enough, not a regular ambulance, the Silver Shamrock Ambulance. If anything, they're good on branding and marketing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're much like Cobra, in a sense. They're a small-town organization that's kind of gone national. <laughs> Ready to take over the world. Dare I say, Silver Shamrock could be Cobra. They got a good, catchy jingle. Now, it's not quite Cold Slither. But, you know, the one that they're rocking is pretty good. Colonel Cochran is like, silence, you fools. <laughs> and speaking of Colonel Cochran, here is our introduction to who is basically the main bad guy. Here is your shape, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Here is your true Michael Myers. OCP. And dare I say, maybe this is where he got his start from OCP. Yeah, this is where OCP is just a subsidy of Silver Shamrock. That's the, yep. I think so. No, this is Dan O'Hurley. He has some great genre cred, number one. He's Irish and scary. He's like that quintessential mean old man that's like, you know, he's like too nice. And you know he's got like evil, ill, like dungeon shit in the basement. Sinister soaks from him. Yeah. He just yeah. He has that presence. Well, it's funny because apparently all the baddies, the Robocretans, were originally all supposed to have red hair to go with the Irish theme. And they just ultimately couldn't do that, so they just went as you know as Fucking menacing as they could. An army of gingers, kind of scary. Yeah. And then you have Dan O'Hurley; he is the main bad guy. Now, I will say this: just that whole shot right there, 
because we're going to come cool. back to it multiple times. Yeah. There's something ominous about it. Yeah, it's that big, like, evil corporation silver shamrock. Especially the fact that the entire town, and you've gotten exposition from the hobo, there's something going on here. Yeah. This is just escalating again into a cool, like you said, adult horror movie that you didn't really get for the time. And it's a uh-uh. shame. I had the chance to see this on the big screen. Yep. The very first Dismember the Alamo that I ever went to, they opened with Night of the Creeps, number one, which was phenomenal. And had, I think that was actually the first time I got to see that movie in the theater. They then followed it up with Halloween 3. So we had a Tom Atkins double feature. That's glorious. And that was the first time I got to see it on the big screen. And it had been ages mm-hmm. since. And it had actually been a really long time since I'd actually think I'd been able to fully appreciate Halloween 3 for what it was. Yeah. And so many people were seeing it for the first time as well. How, how was the reception of it? Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Because uh, Ryan at the time, um, he was he kind of gave it a little bit of that prep work. You know, listen, don't expect Michael Myers. Go in. This is what to look for. And when you know that in advance, yeah. when you have hindsight the way we do now, you can say, no, 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 here's how you can approach it and just have fun with it. Yeah. And, oh, man, it played wonderfully. It was great. We hosted it, and it went on really 35. well, too. Yeah. Seeing that on the big screen on 35. Yeah. So experiencing it with a crowd that way, it's always a wonderful thing. And we Absolutely, especially when, like, an underappreciated gem like this one. And, well... We kind of talked about it a little, and you. I still say that I think for Buggery. the most part. Uh oh, yeah, but ha! <laughs> I know we're not seen specific, but that was really good. That was. Uh, I can appreciate that. Again, with the marketing with Silver Shamrock, they are all over the place. Yeah, they are. But I really think that, and I don't want to say it's a a knowing audience, but I really think that people more people do come around on Halloween three. I. Don't th- I almost want to say that the people that dislike it are in the minority now mm-hmm. versus the people that do appreciate it. I would hope so, because it definitely needs to be seen with, under the guise of it's not Michael Myers. And Yeah. Well, the fact, that, again, that we've seen Michael Myers technically in this film, mm-hmm. That's even true. though he was just on the big screen, which is just such a weird way. And I don't know if that was necessarily a middle finger Tooth the producers because they the producers initially fought tooth and nail for another Michael Myers. That's what they wanted, and I know that's technically what the audience wanted. But it's so good at this point now that we can come back to it and go aha. Mm-hmm. But I want to actually kind of pose this to you. We talked about unfortunately that this didn't get a chance to work in the anthology sense, and I think you could point to something like Trick or Treat mm-hmm. to follow in that kind of tradition. But were there any ideas or anything that you would like to see if they could have continued with this? Yeah, I would like to see maybe uh, having to deal with other like aspects of Halloween, like maybe like sort of like the tales of Halloween at the end with the evil pumpkins and something like that. Or, you know, just different like because you have the slasher aspect. Then you have this sci fi. Maybe do something with the supernatural like ghosts or like a, a haunting in the Halloween house uh, or, or something with Sam Hain or even go back in time. No, or... excuse, excuse me. Sawan. 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 Don't want to be a Sawan snob, but, you know, that's the one thing. That's uh, Karkun knows his stuff there. Yeah. Actually, I'm just giving you stuff. I'm sorry. But he does pronounce it correctly, and I didn't want the internet to be like, now listen here, horror nerds. But he comes like the winner of the contest. This is like this is like the Halloween Willy Wonka. This is totally like, and then like the people in the masks come out. He is only a, you know, top hat away from being Willy Wonka and getting a peek inside the chocolate factory, which. 
there is something in here that is straight from a goddamn Austin Powers movie, though, when it comes to labeling a room, and we'll get to it, but it is still, it just still cracks me up to this day. Oh, it kills me. It kills me. But he's very hands-on. That's uh-huh. how they've been, I think, surviving. And a replacement order is ordered to be prepared for you. Absolutely. Because he's like super business. He's on it. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, cool. Thank you. But he's just so menacing. And that and yokel then, there. Yokel, that... the fucking like, hey, hey, how you doing? I sell cars for a living. Me and the Mrs. here. Now, maybe if they'd phoned in a favor, do you think Stephen King could have played that role? Yeah. As just that yep. kind of just yokel? Yep. And then, like, maybe, come on, Grandpa, and it's John Carpenter. Because then you could have like, had little Joe you. Hill playing the kid. Mm-hmm. Gone straight from Creepshow to this one? Yep. Come on. This N- is cool. So the reason this is so cool is this is actually where the people that ended up replicating the masks for mass consumption, the ones that wouldn't kill you, mm-hmm. this is their actual studios when they were putting an order together. Those masks are dope as shit. The skeleton one is cool as hell. Well, and if you look at them, the fact that they're very they're very basic. Mm-hmm. Let's. I mean, they're not groundbreaking. No, but they're so iconic they're and they're so distinct and they're so old school charm. Dare you say it's something that an Irish warlock or witch right. would you know have an aesthetic for? It's old world. It's and some classics never die. There's something inherently scary about a skeleton. There's inherently about a witch and about a jack o' lantern and like. The Calliope Room. It's <laughs> fucking a bunch of automatons and shit. This is like the Robo Cretans. Well, and this is where you get that first element of it. And it's then from here on out, you get to start putting together bits and pieces of their history and how they've created things. But also, there's two great little bits and pieces where they're throwaway, li- throwaway lines, and it's meant to just throw away logic in this film. Because this is a film at this point. Sticky toilet paper. Well, every and the, de- the, the dead, the dead dwarf, dwarf gag, gag, the soft chainsaw. What is the dead dwarf gag? I don't know. That's like and uh, you know sticky toilet paper. You can kind of envision that. Uh huh. The soft chainsaw, whatever. Okay. We'll use it for a you know movie party. That's Burr, fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the dead dwarf gag. That's so freaking. I don't know. That's bizarre. so weird. So, <laughs> listeners, what do you think the dead dwarf gag is? It is up on Nightmare Chuckhead. <laughs> but like you said, these things are very very base but they draw back to some of the simplest traditions which right. is appropriate given the background here's of one Colonel just Croc. for and you what's he doing in the background there i guarantee he drank something that was laced or he poured something in it even in a tour at this point he's got a little flask he's poured in his drink well i'm on irish for coffee at cochran <laughs> do we have a public fruit you know punch bowl uh, that i can uh, uh, attend uh, to uh, 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 uh. Uh-huh. But there's a couple of throwaway lines that they're just saying, hey, this is a genre film. Don't bring logic into it. Just have fun with it. Uh-huh. But if you're approaching this as a Halloween film, no Michael Myers, how ma- how long are we into this at this point? We are 52 minutes into a film, no Michael Myers. Right. We have the film titled Season of the Witch. We are 52 minutes into it. I do not see any kind of a witch. Nope. Do you think, especially, you've lost half your audience at this point? Are they going to sit through it just to see because they're still waiting? Like, what's I the I think build they're up? still waiting. I think they're Both still waiting. Both audiences right? are probably, you know, it is a slow burn. We've got some good kills, but we don't know what the hell this movie is. It's I, so weird. Yeah, I think that's what it's It's kind of like, like Mandy. It's like you don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on, but you're sitting there because you're just part of the experience. And if you're having fun with this because this is a fun. There the it is. final processing room. Dun, dun, dun. 
final process. It's so weird. It's just, that's something out of Austin Powers. You know, don't uh-huh. go to that's the final processing room. Right? It's like yeah. the doomsday alarm. Like, do not push this button. And it says the button room. You know? It's so bizarre. It is so bizarre. But here you still get those creepy elements of everything that's still going on. It's sinister because the Robo Queens are just there standing and staring at you. And I... Even to this point, what kind of movie is this? Is this Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Right? Is that what this is? Right. Because you don't know. It's the paranoia is kicking in. I think it's time we're going. I'm just always trying to imagine and putting myself in the perspective of the theater goer at that time. And, well, technically, I can put myself in the audience score at that time because, again, I was just waiting for Michael Myers. And <laughs> They're so weird because they're, they're in the shadows. I get well again. Go that to Dean Cundy and how everything is lit, but here you get a little sneak and insight to her. What did she say? Papa's car, I think. Yep. Papa's car. Papa, can you hear, hear me? me? <laughs> Yentl by Tommy Lee Wallace. Something you needed and you didn't know you needed. Tom Atkins like she puts the she in your sheba. <laughs> You know what? I would actually see something like that with Tom Atkins. I normally don't drink on the Shabbos, but, you know. Well, that's the thing, though. Cochran's so creepy. He looked like the skeleton was about to jump out of his face. You know, just like, you know, the mole is after the skeleton is actually my head. You know, my true form. It's like (laughs) there was that little nod there. And there's another one when they're watching the effect happening and which is probably the the money shot of the film yeah but he gives a little wink and a nod that is so sinister but mischievous yeah let's that look like <laughs> in that oh it is so good because honestly if i was an evil warlock like cult stonehengian i would do ill shit and like take so much glee in it well it makes you wonder the extent of what they could do with stonehenge because you got a little taste of it at the beginning that's, for most people, a throwaway line. Right. You do not... Why in the world would you anticipate Stonehenge coming into play... Exactly. ...with a Halloween movie or even anything to do with witches? This, uh, Salsa dancing. Well, also, if it's a television... <laughs> Goblin. Yeah, that's all... If you haven't seen Mandy at this point, I know it's playing in more theaters. Uh, you well, really need to experience it in a theater. One more day till Halloween, Halloween, and The Halloween. countdown continues. It continues. Yep. They they were truly consistent on breaking everything down. And if you aren't even taking a sip along with all the drinking. You're probably fucking drunk. I, you, you're, you're Tom Atkins drunk. I'm still <laughs> functioning, ain't I? You you can now actually work with uh, you know doctor detective yeah sidekick you could be a ward if you will uh huh there are many ways to break it down doctor detective in sexy New Orleans well you could actually make that that could be like the next 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 flick show there original series doctor detective or make him part of the extended MCU television universe since they don't tie anything to the cinematic I'm telling you he's like right after an all new Simon and Simon it's just like. <laughs> Because you couldn't do something like him back nowadays. No. Well, yeah. Think about those days, too, when you had... Robocreens in a row. Fuck all that noise. And they walk together in a row. That's fucking... Anytime, like, a gang comes at you like that, especially, like, creepy robo-white people, fuck all that noise because they're business suits. You know they're going to fucking either sell you something, you know? Like, like the salesman in Pee-wee, like, hey, I got a great new offer, you know? Or they're going to fuck you up. Either way, fuck all that noise. You need to run. You need to run. 
Well, it continues in a carpenter tradition of like the siege film and the feel you get from that. But also that shot initially that we got of them, um, if you look at some of like the French extremity films, yeah, you can definitely draw a lot of that. Like if oh, I think it was Eyes is one of those that kind of takes those just truly terrifying because there are bits of this film as fun as it is as much fun as we're having with it it's still mean it's the still mean and moments, scary, the scary and paranoia and like fucking yeah it's it's really Again, leveled and layered but if you're going in and looking shamrock mobiles <laughs> i actually expected to see more of them pile out of the car right you know, clown-esque or like have like a big like key behind it you know, there that were, it winds, like, that they winds up as like, uh, well, you build all sorts of automatons here in Silver Shamrock. You know, just like. Well, we haven't had that reveal yet. I think once you get the reveal, you can then break that out of everything. And that's another thing that's such an interesting element that goes on to this film. The fact that it's, it's established that. Now, is it established? I know that they've been doing this since like the 1700s. But is Cochran himself, is he immortal? Has he been doing the shenanigans since 1700? See, that's what I don't know. You know, I, he's definitely well versed in the, in the ancients of, of the old yeah. ones. But they never say if he's he hasn't come out and say, you know, I've been around for 700 millennia, you know, or something like that. So another reason why this film may not play today is a, a payphone. <laughs> right. Like, what's that? Right. It's like, why isn't why aren't they just Googling this stuff? Um, again, for our younger audiences out there, and there's going to be another thing, especially our ending of this film, why you couldn't do it today, the way he interacts with the networks. Yeah. Again, you know what? I'm throwing all logic out of the way. Exactly. It's part of the fun, but it also adds to the elements of the ending. Now, this is where you get, if this was truly the Doctor Detective show, this is where you could get those Scooby-Doo element of the because he he's he's sneaking and looking for information at this uh-huh. point his his he's got the suspicions now he's got to confirm it ladies and gentlemen again dr detective is looking for evidence yep he's got to make sure that if he's going to you know take everything down he's it's got to be official it. yep otherwise he's you know he's a wild card he's off the book Yeehaw! getting drunk <laughs> There is also probably the best use of a Metal Gear-esque disguise in this film later on. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm talking Uh about. It's something straight from a video game. But this is also where I'm not going to say the film drags because I'm still invested because I want to figure out what's going on. What the fuck is going on, yeah. But you're also kind of just going through. You're sneaking through. It's like I've already been in there. But I would hate to be stuck in the dark automaton room. Oh, this, like I dig automatons and shit, but like not when they're creepy and they come to life. You know what I'm saying? Well, you just have to garner, garner back to like a uh, tourist trap. Fuck all that noise. Exactly. <laughs> There's a reason, like anything robotic or in that uh, uncanny valley, right? That still truly terrifies. And being <laughs> well, th- okay. Here's your first Metal Gear S. Yeah, avoid detection. Avoid the t- like he's just like I could just picture like okay, here comes the cone. Here comes the cone. That's like. I gotta move. You know? Well, you know, you know, you know what actually had a computer game tie-in, uh, but Fright Night did. Really? Yes. Didn't Halloween have the original have a the video Atari? Game? Yeah. And Texas, Ch- Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. as well. So weird. Bizarre when that things happened. But ultimately, I'm kind of thinking you could have made like a survival horror game. You could totally have a point-and-click oh, adventure. Here we go. Here's your first uber creepiness here if you're staying you know going along with us at home what the fuck so semi-realistic that he's talking to the robotics the automaton and (laughs) now 
shaking the shit out of someone here. Right? Because that was weird because the hands were moving like it was like it was some Jim Hensony shit, but at the same time it worked and, and it's still creepy. And we're taking another turn, ladies and gentlemen, in our film where we're going from horror to sci-fi well, to now robots. more action to robots. Yeah. yeah. This introduces an element that we're going to get a payoff here as well, of which we do have. I believe that is one Dick Warlock there, the shape from part two. So if uh-huh. you notice the familiar walk there. But this is back in the day when you could get the uh, the stunt coordinators to play roles like this, which is kind of awesome. See, it's a good thing Dr. Dan has already built immunity to pain. <laughs> he's, 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 he's not feeling a yeah. thing right now. Because, like, normally a fucking robo-cretin should be able to, like, pop his head in. But he's holding his own because he's got that drunk strength. Yeah, he does. Ah, <laughs> uh, And the fact that they, like, spit pumpkin cider, like, fucking... Like orange juice and shit comes out of that is so weird and it's full of circuitry. They're staying true to brand, yep. and here again we're taking another turn, yep. ladies and gentlemen. Such a weird element inserted into our film, so long into the film, and again that we get we get answers to questions and they which, just raise more questions. <laughs> but thankfully, we're about to get a little bit of exposition coming up here. Clumsy. Well, here's where we get the introduction, the fact that they've been doing this for quite a, a while. long time, yeah. And here's my first little bit of kind of throwing a throwaway line here that it's no different from what we did then with what we're doing with like the Halloween masks. Yeah. And it's a way of just saying, just roll with us, guys. They're weird androids that we've perfected because we've been doing this since the 1700s, which leads Don't me we. to believe... Was Cochran responsible for the steampunk movement? Probably. <laughs> like, was it in the 1700s? With all the gears and whatnot? He had like a top hat and goggles and exactly. shit that he was wearing. Ooh, I kind of hope he was, uh, he's an immortal, because I would love to see like Cochran origins. You know what I'm saying? He and the tall man going up against each other. Yes. <sighs> we, we, we always talked about the shared universes and this that and that. That would be I, so dope. Well, you played been... a good game. And then like... Bored, just throwing balls and masks and shit at each other. Well, I, I think more than anything, just to have like actors like Angus Scrim and Dan O'Hurley in the same scene together would have been yeah. nice, especially in a good old genre film. Ooh, here we go. Nice little. Okay. Ah, oh, it is time for Halloween. But it look at that. Actually, Halloween. Proper. That's a Halloween morning right there. Halloween. Yep. And we're, <laughs> it's been a while. But this is a movie that, for me, I can watch at any point, Mm -hmm. but I think it does work better in the month of October. Absolutely. This is because it just sets up things so wonderfully. And it's truly in the spirit of Halloween. That's the one thing that, by by chance, they... they Inhales, exhales sharply. He's ready. He's excited. (laughs) Yeah, he is. They've been building up to this point. When you get to the... (laughs) Hey, we're going to the final Final process. Final process. We're going to see the final process of the the Silver Shamrock Mask, where the magic happens, kids. Yep. This, this is, is the fizzy lifting room. <laughs> Just don't touch anything. Right. In fact, Dan, Dr. Dan, don't breathe on anything. They should totally make a Willy Wonka uh, Silver Shamrock. It's totally in the same vein. Well, what's Because he wants too, to kill kids, too. That's the most sinister aspect. As mean as the kills have been, at least they've been to adults. Yeah. We haven't seen anything that's not necessarily out of the ordinary for a horror film because there are always those check marks you can throw in with a horror film when you go, oh, you're that kind of film. But also just one little thing that they, that one of the robots sneezed and he goes, we put that in just to make him look more realistic. You know, it's like, you know, what would have been better. Oh, well, you're, you're better. It was a bet. The best ad lib ever. Right. 
Oh, that's, that's what we do here at Silver Shamrock. I'm a classically trained actor. And the robot's like, thank you. <laughs> You'll be deactivated mm. after this thing, yeah? A good magician never explains, but come with the explanation. Well, ultimately, that's what his whole thing is. and he, <laughs> It's his way of telling the audience and everybody else, like, I don't have to tell you shit. You know what I'm saying? It's my plan. I don't have to say anything. Roll with it, bitch. I, I needed Stonehenge. I got Stonehenge. Right? That's how I did it. I need computers. I've got computers. Roll with it. Let's have some fun. <laughs> this is your chance to completely distance yourself from Michael Myers. But how can you... Uh, yeah. How how can farther from Michael Myers can you get with Stonehenge and robots? If you are at this point still holding out hope for Michael Myers, I understand your disappointment. Now, here's the thing. I can totally see where Stonehenge is part of the Cult of Thorns. <laughs> like... Sure. Like, and this is like... Or even even if their next creation was making Michael Myers androids, you know, and one of and Michael Myers is one that went rogue, you know, there's ways they can connect it. This is their super soldier serum, basically. Yeah. Where the the first one here was to enhance, it somehow went wrong. Maybe they're making robots to go get Michael Myers. You know, that's the best thing of the guest. It's it's kind of a secret slasher shape yeah, film as well, but has ties to Halloween and the fact that every man and that's a good they just a little bit. There's a little bit of Stonehenge a, a in every... They should make... Exactly. That should be like that... Part of the they, marketing. Exactly. They shouldn't even hide the fact that like... And a little bit of Stonehenge in every mask. Put it in the marketing because they're thinking it's ironic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, those silver shamrock guys. Oh, oh those crazy Irish with their they, shamrocks. They and love their so, culture. They, they do. They do. You know? And like, so he, they could totally play into that like Guinness does. And fucking like, you know... You know what it was? It was actually... This is their way out of any kind of a lawsuit. Exactly. Like, you know what we're getting into a Stonehenge. You never know. Magical powers. You know? Go back. Eddie Izzard tell you everything you need to know about a hinge, okay? There's... <laughs> Dude, they should totally play into that. They would sell more masks. They could even make more profit because, like, oh, it's got Stonehenge. You, you know, you could have done, like, one of those mail-away things as well. You know, if you send in proof of purchase, you get a little bit more hinge. Right. Extra hinge. <laughs> That's the deluxe line. It's like, like gilded with actual things for the knowledge tree and the with magical a, with a certificate of authenticity exactly this is great this like dispatching oh well, fa- and what's funny is you don't realize it's a dispatching you know something bad's gonna happen when they're taking him to a fucking german dungeon like fucking what the hell's going on we're, by, and also by the underground way underground bunker from the 50s we are gonna secretly tape this as well not necessarily for promotional material this is like some bad big brother Right there, I would probably lose my shit. Yep. When you realize of what's happening, uh, uh. And what's interesting enough, and again, you don't want to think about into it too much into it, but the fact that he's killing off these people that probably told everyone they were going there, and of course, it's probably going to be able to lay him off by accident or what have you. But man, that's rough. And he's like your biggest seller as well. Exactly. He won an award. And so, like, this is like his like a free tour of the factory and a mask for the kids. Probably the first vacation they've taken because he's been so you know busy hard working at the season as a retail person. And Christmas is coming. I know, like, shits get busy. So yeah, he's probably like, uh. also the fact that they just added that I don't know why they're not taking my orders for next year. Oh, that's just for foreboding. Yeah. Foreboding. It's so mean. Maybe they're not that gonna have so Halloween mean. next year. <laughs> not if we have our way. And here's okay. Okay, I was always wondering how Dr. Dan knew how to get everything started. I've never noticed that until now. He peeked at the little sequence of buttons. That always kind of threw me off there. Now it's... Be- you know what? Thank you, you guys. You were able there to help we go. 
Okay, and so then the, now we have explanations for the jingle. Yes, it's time for the big giveaway, kids. And this, at this point, this is the this is the shot that everyone remembers. <laughs> this is the kill that everyone remembers. Even if you don't like Halloween three, you know about this sequence. But it's mean because he's oh, it's, it, he they're pied pipering him. They're like, okay, kids. Put your mask on, kids. You know, they're killing all. They're There's the look. Like, there yeah. That's the look. He that like, is the greatest. He's. It's a joke on the children. Right. He can barely contain himself. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't. He's trying not to laugh for the punchline because he knows what's coming. And he's he, that was his look to give you that little nudge with like, his elbow. Watch, watch, watch. Wait for he's it. Like, wait, wait for wait, it. It's coming. Oh, and then he starts grabbing. And when it changes like that, when the texture starts changing and you realize what's happening, look at him. He's so gleeful. Ugh, and it gets all ooey and gooey. That little shake of the the hand right there. So, and then here's your shot. And then fucking snakes and critters come out. Fuck, fuck all that. Fuck all that. And that's a practical joke, a la witchery. Yep. That is your season of the witch right there. And he's like, it works. Now this is also kind of comical. That's almost dare I say a Dante esque faint. And then the fact that a big snake and his face is just coming apart. <laughs> oh my god, it's a rattlesnake! Hey, snake surprise! And coming <laughs> this Russia snake comes out of you. It's just such, and it's so mean. It can, and apparently they had to cut this scene back because when they initially put it through, they got an X rating, oh, and they really? had to cut a lot of those scenes from the fact that this kid, as you said, becomes a terrarium. Yeah. He it's, a total reptile farm. And then fucking gets rid by rattlesnakes. He had the Eddie, the cousin Eddie white shoes on. Yeah, he did. He was yeah, totally he had his airs on with the white shoes. I've Look good, Clark. <sighs> and this the, is such And a the matching white belt as well. But this is at this point where you, this is another turn. Where you're like, what the fuck just happened? It's. Me and and, and then you still hear dun 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 dun, dun, dun the joyful. If it's cheering. not an earworm at this point, it's an actual worm. <laughs> what? Hey, where are you going? And you finally get that. Finally, you get that stop. And that's been kind of escalation of terror and insanity. And again, what am I watching? Right. What is happening on screen here? And I can see again if you're not in it for Michael Myers, if you're, you have to at least appreciate a film. That off the kid. It, it with Holy the mask. moly. With Holy the mask. moly. Gory, meltily. Just a like. A horrible death. Yes. Like that yes. did not look like a pleasant thing at all. And then now next thing you know, happy, happy Halloween. Make sure you buy your mask, kids. Then you truly see how sinister everything is lining up. And then you have up. the montage of people buying the masks. Victim, and, dead, and, dead, right? dead, dead, Dating dead. Dating across the country. And, and you see all these people. Here it, here it's it comes. coming. Yep. This is Look, why you get that's Dean cool. Cundy. These kids are cool as shit. Get, no, no, no. It is right. It's when I think they're in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, it's in it? San Diego when they do that. Because it's this is this is Halloween. This oh. sequence is Halloween in its essence. Yes, it Having is. fun, wearing masks, doing cool shit, mm-hmm. getting trick or treating, being a kid, just having a blast. And then oh, we had to wait comes, till West Coast time. Here but, it comes. <sighs> the, you, I, I said Mandy is sumptuous. Wait for it. Oh, ah, it's, 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 almost, it's coming. It is. This scene that we're talking is so sumptuous. Much. This looks like E.T. Uh-huh. I mean, everything that we're seeing, look, that's just so sinister in, yeah. in the background. Almost time. Hurry home. Oh, you poor kids. Oh, and Dr. Hurry Man's home. kids. Yep. They're they're in line of fire. They should have got the cheap man. Right there. there. It Here Phoenix. it is. Oh. Oh. That is glorious. The witch's hat right there as yep. well. 
Oh. And just walking up in the sunset in the dark as it's growing progressively darker. Mwah. That is such a beautiful. I think that yeah. boils down Halloween to its purest essence. That is Halloween extract right there. Not Halloween the movies, just the you, whole season. You know, if you need to season your movie with a little Halloween, just take a little just snip of that. that. A little, a little a dab little, goes a long way, right? Little, little, little cundy on the dish, you know, just. Oh, it's so good. And if that wasn't beautiful enough, if poor Teddy, the the coroner here, didn't, you know, the fact that she's kind of a throwaway character, the fact that she's about to introduce, you know, a few things here, mm-hmm. they threw the severity of this kill in as a reshoot. To and again, to we make get it some meaner. Nar- yes, it is a me. This is this is violent. This is some really, truly nasty stuff that's coming up here. But again, after the beauty that we saw with that previous shot, you get the severity of this. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't know if I can just talk about the fact that I wish that I could have experienced this with an initial crowd. Because I imagine at some point they probably turned yeah. on the movie, yeah. which is a shame. You know, this is like, you know, a lot of people say if they could go back in time and see a movie in the theater during its original theatrical run... This one, I think, would be interesting to see, especially if you still were armed with your foresight so you could figure out what was going on with everything. This is some, This is the Jello kill. Oh, oh yeah. This is straight. So many genres and so many things in one movie. This is very uh, uh, daring, you know, just a, a big gauntlet of a movie of just putting all these different aspects in it. And I should say, Tommy Lee Wallace, I don't know if he necessarily gets enough credit for this, because he originally turned down uh, directing part two. Yeah. Uh, then eventually, when he realized they weren't going to follow the Michael Myers thing, that it was going to be a different thing, he went ahead and signed on. Uh, but he's responsible for another podcast favorite and another sequel that doesn't get all the love, uh, but a Fright Night part two. Yeah, I like that one. Fright Night 2 is is very underrated as well. And as well as the uh, TV miniseries of It. Mm-hmm. So he's responsible for many a nightmares. Exactly. And he's another one that he was actually, they put on a uh, revival screening of this over in, uh, at, I can't remember which theater it was in LA. It's on the uh, the extras. And uh, Brian Collins hosted it. Oh, nice. And yeah, and it was a sold out screening. And Tommy Lee Wallace was, oh, this is such a mean, oh, look at that in the ear. Oh, right in the ear. Now. Ooh, and again, drill plunging just that into shot, the fly, and then the just legs twitch, like and the then sound. soft rock continues as it, as it works. That's not all right with me. No, that is not. <laughs> uh, but it was the first time that he had a chance to see that this cre- that this movie found an audience finally, and he was so kind of relieved because he felt so bad about the fact that this just unfortunately didn't really do Hit, as well. Yeah, and that you know many people said it was a franchise killer because obviously they completely they had to revamped come it. With the return, yeah, and which is a shame because listen, I love Halloween Part Four. Yeah. Um I have special places in my heart for that franchise, but a but, lot of them were diminishing returns. Yeah, exactly. But this is such a unique and a, a great Halloween film, and this is going to give you the essence of the Halloween here. With this bit of exposition that we get. And the best joke is ever a joke on the children. And he's so gleeful when exactly. he says it's a joke he's... on the children. <laughs> he's having so much fun. He is, but the fact that he gives a little bit of a history, and this is also where, you know, a lot of the movies that we'll watch on Halloween are set on Halloween. Mm-hmm. This movie, obviously. However, as we're getting this element here with the witchery and what have you, is the fact that they're giving you like a literal history, history lesson, lesson here. History lesson on Halloween. And this is why this is going to be one of your all-time favorite Halloween movies, and especially when he 
between the real and the unreal. The unreal. When you get exposition from Dan O'Hurley, it stays. Oh, because it's it's like all we're missing is a campfire uh-huh. right now, and you're still totally engulfed with this. Be- and the way it's shot, the way he's going in and out of the shadows, it works so well. And what he is telling us about is the fact that the last time they did something like this. the blood of animals and the children. Was 3,000 years ago when they had a mass sacrifice. Yeah. 3,000 years ago, which again, was that, was Cochran. The way he's telling it, it sounds like he was there. He's Thanos. Yeah, he is. He's it's just yeah, a way of is. controlling our environment. He's got he's got the mask. This does bring a smile to my face, you know. <laughs> well, if you think about what they're doing, it's truly sinister and evil. Yeah, they are killing how many kids? Yeah, as many as how they can. How many kids? Yeah. Holy, I, that in and of itself. And again, as a it's kid, it's a calling, is what it is. It truly is a go- now. Here we get. And this is, damn it, this is such a, number one, he gets a great little and a happy Halloween, which I like here. Have a, where is it? So sinister. And then with the theme that dun, 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 yes. dun, 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 that in the, the back, it worked so well. This is the only it's time. Like, you, you don't need Michael Myers. <laughs> but I'm going to give you that Greg, are you still watching this movie? Dun, I'm going to include dun, the scary dun, theme dun, from Halloween and be extra creepy. It's not going to be that cool, like new, th- you know, score that you're hearing and you're loving. No, it's going to be the one that still scares <laughs> yeah, you're you. You're going to look out the window. It's going to be Colonel Cocker, just like hello, and he's extra nice. I brought yeah. you trick or treating. <laughs> you know, that's how it would go down. That's totally. But I will say. In lieu of the skull and how everything looks, it still looks genuinely scary it is. what's happening. Even the way he looks like that still, when Dr. Dan is in that skull mask, that still sticks out. Uh-huh. It's still a cool looking shot. Uh, but again, I mentioned that Deborah Hill was the one that was responsible for kind of updating the whole idea of witchcraft in the 20th century. It's smart. A la technology and computers. It's, it's smart. We don't have a cauldron <laughs> right now. We have this little bit of because that's what that that's what all those massive computers are basically. Mm-hmm. That's the cauldron. That's the cauldron. And then you've got the essence of Stonehenge that they're adding as a bit of the stew, if you will. It's their, uh, like you said, it's their it's their heritage, their it traditions. Is. They've evolved as, mm-hmm. but uh, that leads into. He's talking about the last one was three thousand years ago. Did they start silver silver shamrock the whole company? In, prepar- per- preparation in preparation for this? this? Like, how long, much of a long Kong has this been? Because they talk about the fact that, well, they gave a sticky toilet paper. Yeah. So they've been around for, for a while, a long have they time. not? And, they, and, and they, they, the, the automatons, they've been around for at least, like, uh, eight, since the 1800s, so why wouldn't they? I mean, Has he been they building, know, like, 300 years of good customer service yeah, maybe. for this prank? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a long, that is a long... And the greatest throw... <laughs> Of cinema. You can call shenanigans all you want, but it's still fucking awesome. Yeah, that might be the most unbelievable thing in your entire film. Right. Far be it from Stonehenge turning into kids into terrariums, robo-cretans, all the other things. The fakest ass thing in this is that throw, but it still worked great. You know what? He throws better when he's had a few in him, so he's fine. He's He's fine. If I want another drink, I better get out of here. Bar's going to close. Yes. You guarantee you that's his motivation right now? He's exactly. looking at his watch going, oh, come on now. It's bikini night at Sturgis. Gotta go. I can stop a genocide and still have a few for a shot. Exactly. Now, here's the point where he goes straight up John McClane in this film. So I don't know if John McTiernan was watching he's Halloween 3. He's taking the vent. 
oh, you know, that's going to be a smell. You know what? He probably slides right through, though, because he's got, like, the booze sweats going exactly. on. Exactly. He's just got a layer of slime to Tom Atkins, and, like, the hair doesn't get caught, so it's just like, poof. He's like a luge. He's actually, you could just slide down. It's just a viscous kind of whatever he's sweating out there. Because <laughs> at this point, he hasn't had a drink in a while. He might have, that whole, sh- yeah, like, thing DTs. might shake. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, it what, shimmies what's, him down the fucking... <laughs> what's going on in the ventral systems? It seems like we have a blockage. Somebody get in there. Robo greeting three. And Robo's like, man, I wish uh, I could go kill. That, He's the one they'd be good sentient. He's tired of this shit. Well, you as, think you have a bad job. <laughs> they throw in a Flintstones reference there. He's been, probably been around since then, too. <laughs> Yeah, they, actually, they were the inspiration for the garbage disposal. Just throw it in the RoboCrete and it's fine. <laughs> they don't have feelings. It's a mask. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. Well, then you get those lovely shots. Uh-oh, what's happening, Colonel? What are we? And the fact that he's Colonel Cochran, You're right. the Colonel, almost a la like, KFC. Do you think he ever battled like the Colonel from like... Kentucky like, Fried like Chicken? Another war for no, that's the next one. He goes, hello, the franchise Cur- wars? He's like, hello, I'm Colonel Cochran, and this is Irish Fried Potatoes. Right? Oh, Where it's like that's fucking- his new franchise? Yeah, exactly. That's his next plan. When the master... I bet he's been trying to take over the world so many times, he's like a supervillain, because he's been around forever. And like each time he fails, he comes up with something new. Oh, do you and- think this is just the final... like? A line of failures. This is the first one that killed him, but he was always able to walk away from the other ones. And right. like, Doctor Detective is just in a long line of people that have foiled him. He's been. He's like a Blowfield. You oh know what my I'm god! This now, if you backwards engineer Colonel Cochran and his shenanigans throughout the centuries, yeah, with his Robo Cretans, I don't know if that would work, but why not? Because he doesn't have the Robo. Now he has the Robo Cretans. But he's back built in the day, the, when they, right, he had like. Do you think he crossed paths with the um the uh, Wild Wild West guys? Maybe with fucking Artemis uh, Artemis Knight or whatever that was his name. No, no. Uh, he was a mentor under him, right? Actually, in that day, you could actually because with you know the people coming in from Ireland, he was around. His plans, he's like, well, it's three thousand years. I still got another two thousand. Let's fuck up some shit, you know. Uh, there, there could be many ways that this universe could get. Now, here's the okay. The first instance we actually get where he's trying to get the word out. Yeah, that this is a dangerous thing that's going on. But in the day and age, and again, I don't know if our younger audience would understand. This would be like trending on Twitter, mm-hmm. but for if like Doctor Dan one. had that exactly, but then you just be like, ah, he's a troll. He just right? hates him, whatever. Fake That's- news. <laughs> Fake news. Colonel Cochran gets on there and he puts like a little video. They're trying of- to take American jobs away. He's like, I've been in this country longer than most people, and I tell you, my cooperation is wonderful, and we give people. And you know what? You know they have a charitable arm of Silver Shamrock. They're building up goodwill good and shit. Of yep. course, of course. But um, I just free masks to the orphans of this. <laughs> it's <laughs> he's going around giving that mask to all like the children's hospitals and all the horrible things because he's like because he's that evil. He's like <laughs> he's a Cochran again. When those little bits you get when he smiles, <laughs> yes, that's can, what makes this I film can totally see like. <laughs> That's what makes this film so like worthy of a rewatch when you go, wow, he really is enjoying it. He's, he's, having, and he's having a blast. When you watch him in um, The Last Starfighter, you know, he's actually the co-pilot under all that makeup. Yeah. He's wonderful in that movie. He adds such an energy. When you see him in RoboCop as the old man. He's like, Dick, he's you're evil. Fired. Right? You're fired! Like... <laughs> oh, a little sorry. way on that one. Sorry. 
<laughs> See now, now, now. That's ba- that that that's <laughs> bad. That's the this is the good zone. That's the bad zone. We're gonna work on this genius. You've only <laughs> we've only been doing this, this for years. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Uh, but now we now return you to your regular combat. Here, I mentioned before, you get some sneaking Metal Gear esque. This. <laughs> It's like this is Joe Dante. It's like when he's got like when they're hiding in the forest, he's carrying a bush, and it's just like stops. That's I appreciate it. It doesn't take me out of the movie. It makes no, me appreciate it more. Because you know what, Doctor Dan, hundred percent knew it was going to work. He's like, I seen this in a movie once. Doctor you know? Detective's like, yeah, exactly. I saw saw it in a cartoon, but I'm pretty sure I can pull it off. We're fine. <laughs> don't don't. Dude, yeah. dude, and then and then stops, and then goes fast. Well, you could even argue that the way they dispatch everyone here could have been taken from a Joe Dante element because it becomes a little cartoonish. The fact that they're like, oh, if we can just like cross, you know, cross the streams, if you will, mm-hmm. the way it works. But technically, you kind of get, I guess, when you off Marge that first time, that if you tinker with them somehow, they are susceptible mm-hmm. to de- de- dealer usage here. A, a de- laser shoots out of him. He's probably like, pew, pew, pew. Exactly. Yeah. Again, this is where you get those kind of elements. <laughs> but this is also, it should be noted that Ellie at this point has not spoken right. since she's been... Um, rescued mm-hmm. and that comes into play here very nicely in fact um, but the fact that ultimately with this particular film because we are really we're getting close to the end I, mm-hmm. that's amazing how quickly this one goes in here and we've only got 10 minutes left good lord wow <laughs> yeah again it moves along nicely um, but a few other things that I wanted to make sure that we you know touched upon is we've talked about the legacy before and everyone else involved with it Um this is something I'm glad I rediscovered. Yes, absolutely. More than anything, because, and this is the scene that initially bothered me upon a few rewatches when I'm like, how the hell, as good as Dr. Detective is, how did he know to do that? But it was that little cursory glance. It was a throwaway glance. But also some Dr. Detective logic, like, again, I'm just going to go ahead and activate it, and I'm going to throw this stuff out, and let's just see what kind of happens here. It's time. But oh, you know what kids. this is? You know what this is? Huh. A la Last Starfighter? You know the end thing that they broke out? It was the Death Blossom? This is almost the exact same kind of concept. Dan O'Hurley. He's always involved in mass, <laughs> in like mass- crazy <laughs> slaughter. Slaughter of people. Is that in my contract there? I put it there specifically because, yes. Toned it down a little for Robocop. They figured all the, the, the squibs. Still OCP. Anything gnarly that gets to happen in the, uh, the boardroom. Now, this is a really weird and wacky way to dispatch everyone because ultimately Via coins. It's like it's like the worst parade ever. You know, when they throw like like it's like a bad stage, like shit. like a stage theater, like hit the leaves, leaves up front. Right. And then just orange juice everywhere. Death, death buttons here. Now, were all of these the lab coats? No, I think were they, were, they people or were they Robocretans? See, they the Robocretans uh, spit out the orange juice. Those scientists didn't have orange juice, so I think they're just scientists. That, okay, like, that makes are sense. With the cult, okay, or with the again the Death Blossom S. That's Look, a great but it's it's Stonehenge. They yeah. had the they had the 
computer. They the fall down. In... <laughs> no, I'm saying the computers are placed exactly in the same amount as Stonehenge. But that would be funny if like ding 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 like ding dominoes. Ding. Yeah, I never realized that before. See, yeah, look, yeah. it's this. I saw, it's I saw it as a cauldron, Stone, but it's Stonehenge. Yeah, but you know he does give a little knowing wink, as if you know what you got me. Fuck it. And this is why I think, and he gives a very polite. Bravo. Well played. And I'd like to think maybe if this continued on, maybe this isn't the ultimate dispatching of Colonel Cochran. Like like any good horror movie villain. He'll be back. We'll find a way to bring him back. Yeah. I'll tell you, he just escapes like Blowfield. Because, I mean. He went to his other. You know what? Maybe he's going back to his original planet. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. See, look, he's got a smile. He's like, I'll be back. Dun 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 dun. I must go. My planet needs me. This could be something straight out of the visitor. We don't know if he died. He may live to see another day. Maybe like this shot right here. This is one of my all time little favorite. Again, I know it's a little like uh, matte painting with the digital, but it works, though. It's warm. It's cool. It's it's ominous. Yeah, it's like that's the kind of fire that's just on your heels. And I should say this as we wrap everything up. Not six. um, sequentially but we've featured two films in our commentary tracks that have featured severed arms coming back into play and I mention that because we're about to get another weird ass turn in the movie right because ostensibly at this point we've beat Free the bad kids. guy but but like a ticking clock uh-huh how do we stop this mass genocide how do you get in this, especially in this day and age? Yeah. How do you do that? Right. With cable news. Because you guarantee Colonel Cochran today's day and age, he would have bought ad space everywhere. Mm-hmm. He would have been streaming. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you find that like, uh oh. And now here's our other turn where or either that or she just finally was realized, ooh, you're so creepy. Like, <laughs> she's let's done take, with it. Take me home. Take me home. Let's go. But no, this is actually where we get a little body switch. And again, it gets the elements of the invasion of the body snatchers. With Banjo Doug. And it is kind of a nice turn, though, actually. Because you do have a sense of, like any good horror film, that initial sense, ah. Everything's good. At the, least, you the know. Bad we, evil has been dispatched. But ah, ah, ah. Not this, <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Didn't say the magic word. And see, this is weird. Oh, this whole, yeah, this whole sequence. It's, yeah. And it's even, really, because you're like, oh, man, fuck. Well, it's funny because. It does take a Simpsons rake gag esque level of escalation. Uh huh. So we get the initial attack in the car. We get the reveal of the arm. We get this attack here. And here we get this is actually something straight from Alien with the ash dispatching and the, and, and yes. the, 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 the weird. <laughs> Tastes like baby food. <laughs> now that's something straight from Alien. But again. Or Looney Tunes. Or Looney Tunes. <laughs> Now, no, if Dante did this, she would have been bouncing up and down boing, out of boing, the screen. Boing, boing. See, I almost expected her to come out the first time like Mouth of Madness. Oh, yeah. All like, you know what? Give us a few years. You know, Carpenter will take care of that. Great little gag. The eyes looking around. You think it's finished. Why wouldn't it be, right? Right. However, this is another film, be it Return of the Living Dead <laughs> and Night of the Demons. This is going to feature this lovely gag of the severed arm reanimated and seeking vengeance. Because it works. It's a great gag. Yeah, it's it is. It's a great gag. The it's, classics never die. You know what? It's easy to achieve like this. You got someone off camera. Why not? Exactly. And, and at least they didn't use his hand as her hand. Big old man meat paw. Like a sunlight. Sunlight. 
Tommy Lee Wallace adds a little <laughs> class to everything he does. <laughs> Whether a it be a severed arm. So again, we think, okay, escalation of a severed arm. Severed arm's done. <sighs> okay, finally, okay, let's cool. move ahead. Let's keep going. It's not funny. We're done. The rate gag, it's not finished. However, what's going to happen here? We're going to get just another s- bit of escalation. <laughs> the, We're not what? done with you yet. They make a very durable robot cretin. It, exactly. Silver, Silver Shamrock makes quality mass. products. That thing took a beating and kept on coming. Okay? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. They're the Timex of Robo Cretans. <laughs> the Cadillac of Robo Cretans. <laughs> again, and so at this point now, her whole journey from losing her father to betting this old man <laughs> to being kidnapped to being replaced to being just to a dispatched. robot. Yeah. What um, happens to the people? You think she was turned into a la a robot like a la Superman three, or do you ooh, think don't like talk about Superman three? That's okay. too scary. Okay, or like or like was she, is she somewhere in like the Matrix? Or I think they were hollowed out actually, like a jack o' lantern. Yeah, to add to kind of the Halloween theme to it, uh-huh. I think they're just they're gone unfortunately. And they just take the skin and put them on an automaton or something. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. turn into meat. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now this in 1981, 1982, what have you from one phone could you convince whatever station they're at whatever network and again if it's local if it's again national it's so funny to think about probably some like all that crank from number but it does add to the suspense can he do it can he save these kids are they they, we've already seen him kill one kid right is this movie gonna have the gall to kill a bunch of kids let's find out right right we get the first bit. Hey, we're having the only thing they're missing was the drunk guy, the technical difficulties. Exactly. Uh, and now he finds out he's got to call another station because the kid is like, all right, cool. Yeah, exactly. I guess we got nothing better to do on Halloween night. Why not? Right. And here, and think about also, I wonder if Dr. Dan's kids. If they were turned off in time. Oh, fuck no. If if this was actually the one, the third channel, is this still here locally? Is this on the West yeah, Coast? Yeah, because there's no way he could have got to all the TV no, stations. It right? has to be just local stations. And as we turn off, we get one of the all-time great endings mm-hmm. in horror cinema that you have to think about go, oh my God. They did just it stop, killed. Or did they kill? Mil- they, they just killed millions and millions and millions of children. And it's up to you because our movie has finished. And what a finish. Yes. Halloween 3 season of the witch. I, I, so good. It is. Dan, is. Everything works. And it's it's we'd said it before, but it's such a bummer that it's so dismissed even still to this day. I'm going to argue that I think, again, we will let's, you know put it out there on social media. When we release this episode... What are your thoughts on Halloween 3? Um, are you for it? Are you against it? Um, play along with us at home. Play the commentary track because mm-hmm. obviously we love this particular film. Yes. That's the one thing that we do on the podcast is we are only going to talk about films we love. Also, if we talk about films that we only like, like we're going to we bring on a fair shake. Well, also, we're going to bring on people that love it as well, because that's the one thing. No matter what film you watch, whether it is like Halloween 5, Halloween Resurrection, Someone out there loves that film, mm-hmm. and they're not wrong. Right. I will never crap over any film. And that's one thing that I think is interesting with what they're doing with this new Halloween film and wiping out all the continuity of yeah. the previous films. But that doesn't erase the existence of said film. We still have Halloween 3. We still have Halloween H20. We still have Halloween 2. I love Halloween 2. 
I'm and, and so like there's a lot of ones that like I'm like mm, but I'm not gonna say like you're wrong like you said they're right I mean it's their favorite Halloween as long as they're I just wish more people I hope more people come along to Halloween three because this movie needs to be seen it's such a good movie and a good Halloween movie and that's that's the main thing more than anything is it's a seasonal flick. A good excuse to watch it any time, but this is definitely one that plays better during the month of October, and especially mm-hmm. one that could be the film, the one that you watch on the night of Halloween. Right. Because there are always those films that you're going to hold off and like, ooh, what is the one that I watch on Halloween? You know, you want it to have that essence of, like you said, and this film is straight essence of uh-huh. Halloween. And even to the font, the color of the font that we're seeing right the now. The orange and black. It's perfect. It's a Halloween. The orange and black attack, if you will. It's not quite Striper. Uh, but it is, again, so many things coming into play. Uh, the, the score, the photography, the meanness of this, the, the craziness of this story. <laughs> Dr. Detective versus Colonel Cochran. Just, and you know what? Here's the thing. Dr. Dan is on Twitter. As Cochran hater, yes, he and is. Co- Colonel Cochran's on there as like like Shamrock Silver they're Shamrock. exchanges, and they're always hating on each other. It is so hilarious. <laughs> I guess God love the internet here in 2018. As heinous as it can be, as toxic as it can be, sometimes there are some uh, Twitter accounts out there that we do appreciate. They make mm-hmm. life better, <laughs> and they do bring appreciation to a film like Halloween Three. So as the credits finish up here, uh, we are gonna, again celebrating all things Halloween here in the month of October. We've got so much good things to look forward to. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Make it-